Hi, welcome to Billboard Happiness. I'm Laura Scholes Bedeker, a copywriter and brand consultant living in Oakland, California, with my husband and our 13 year old daughter, and two dogs and four chickens. And I'm Dr. Jerome Burt. I'm a clinical psychologist with a practice in Nashville, Tennessee. Laura and I have been best friends since high school, and now we're doing a podcast. Yeah. Billboard Happiness takes the best advice on happiness and health from the smartest people and turns it into short, easy-to-communicate nuggets of wisdom that your kid will actually listen to. Well, let's get to it. Hey, Jerome. Hey, boo. How's it going? Oh, life is just too fantastic when you're surrounded by as many wonderful people as I am. Who is uh, particularly making you so happy these days? But it's, you know, I am surrounded by people that smile and speak and engage me sincerely. And um, I think just the, the, when I step into the village, um, it's great for me. That's How about you? Um, I am well. Uh, we are having a beautiful weekend here. We are um, doing a lot. Nora, my daughter, and I are doing a lot of uh, texting for campaigns for all over the country, oh. trying to get out the vote, get people to commit to vote. Um, and it's this super easy thing with called resistance labs. You can go to resistancelabs.com. It's great for kids to do cause they can, it's all on their computer. So they're on their computers all day anyway. So why not when they have some downtime, let them send texts to, for instance, um, like black voters in Florida, get out the vote in Florida. Um, people who may want to vote early, give them information on how to vote early. So it's super empowering and it makes you feel like you're making a difference. So highly recommend that for kids. Isn't that great? I just, it'll be funny to see how that manifests in her adult behaviors. You know, when you plant seed like this. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look forward to watching that manifest. Well, it's funny. You know, I've been thinking a lot about how, you know, kids have, especially younger kids, like they're living through four years of a Trump administration. And uh, that's what they think a president is like. And it's just, it's a tragedy to me. But on the other side, I think even our children are motivated to make a difference right now and like get involved. And to your point, like, would we have been able to, would I have been able to get her doing something like that if it wasn't for our our united need to get him out of office, you know? Like, well, you, you, I, I don't know. You know, when I was growing up, we used to go to, um, my mom would take me to um, the Operation Push meetings on Saturday mornings. And I think at this church in Memphis, and uh, and sometimes Jesse Jackson would be there, and uh, 
you know, I think it was a lot more revved up and fun than any technology could, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and, and the reason I stopped going is because they would always take up a collection and I had gotten my allowance and it was $5 and I didn't have any change. All I had was that $5 bill and I, <laughs> I had to put some money in the tray and I put my allowance and that was it and I didn't know you could take like four dollars out oh, of the tree. <laughs> oh, poor Jerome. So I don't remember many meetings after that. I don't remember <laughs> asking my mom, "Can I go with you?" <laughs> well, I, that is cool that you got to that your mom was involved in politics and in kind of progressive politics. At that, you know, like. I what the only thing I remember from being a kid in politics is I remember when I was about 6 my mom saying I just can't believe they have Richard Nixon Halloween masks that is just a disgrace to the office <laughs> like she was so mad about the tricky dick masks for Halloween um, That's so funny. We have a family picture, man. I wish I could find it where on the night that Richard Nixon, we were on family vacation in Washington, D.C., and my brother and I were wearing um, matching uh, outfits. They were light blue t-shirts and light blue pants from Sears, oh, and, um, and we were holding this sign uh, with, uh, I guess, with my left hand and his right hand uh impeach Nixon on the night that he resigned from Dang. office. We were at in front of the White House with our dad and he took that picture. Yes. Wow. That's yes, awesome. I know. You're part of history, I know. Man. I know. Yeah. Of course my dad said that you know, my mom's taking me to Operation Push meetings, but my dad was like, you know, you got to be a Republican, don't you? You know, <laughs> if you want to have money, you're going to have to be a Republican. So <laughs> uh, I was mixed getting messages. It, both <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't mixed. It was like, it just was a lot of range. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm excited to talk to you today and it's been a while and we are, we don't have seasons of of the podcast like we don't on purpose have seasons of the podcast but we did take a bit of a break um in the summer not doing as many but we are starting fall with a uh, every two week commitment to getting podcasts up every two weeks so we're super excited to get back in the groove for fall and um so that means We've got this podcast and only one more, I think, before the election. And then, and then we're going to have a lot to say on the one after the election. And let's hope it's all rejoicing. <laughs> Laurie, I love that uh, when we're, we're talking, we both, people can't tell when we're smiling at one another. <laughs> <laughs> we can see when we're smiling at another one another. <laughs> Well, I can always hear it in your voice. Your smile comes through loud and clear, Jerome. Oh, uh, well, I feel like smiling a lot, to be uh, honest. Well, today we we are talking about um, it's a it's a come it's a little piece of advice that comes from a really beautiful book um, by a meditation teacher. Her name is uh, Sebene Selassie. I discovered her from 
uh, Dan Harris's 10% Happier podcast. She's one of the meditation teachers on his app, but also she comes on his podcast fairly regularly. Um, and then her book that she just released not too long ago is called You Belong, A Call for Connection. So Sebene is a meditation teacher. She's a three-time breast cancer survivor. And her book is all about this kind of, um, well, this need, and it's what you talk about a lot, Jerome, a need for connection, a need for belonging, and how most of us, all of us feel shortchanged in that regard, either all the time or often or pretty much every day, at least, even for the most connected among us. Um, But so the book is beautiful. I highly encourage you to read it. There was one piece in here that I wanted Jerome and I to talk about today, and it's particularly for kids. Um, I thought it was really important for kids, and I'm always looking through the lens of my 13-year-old middle schooler. Um, because this is the time, well, in normal times, it's the time where they're really figuring out where they belong in the world and their tribe. And, um, and that can be great for some kids, but it can also be scary. And it also to put your, you know, put your flag in the ground, like this is who I am. And the story Sebene tells, um, that I wanted to discuss today because I think it's really important. She tells about going on her very first meditation retreat and she was kind of put off by what she considered to be the cheesy parts of the process. You know, meditation retreats can get a little woo woo. And she was like, I don't know. This is not quite comfortable. So she was going along and she had a meeting with the teacher and when he asked her how it was going, she admitted that she found parts of the week pretty cheesy. And, and this is what he said. He said, Sebene, without the cheese, there is no freedom. And that really, really stuck with me um, as myself, someone who really likes to fit in and likes to belong and doesn't like to call attention to myself. And, um, is afraid to mess up, doesn't like making mistakes. And I I think about this cheesy aspect of like, just putting it out there, being, giving your whole heart to something and like putting it out there, let the chips fall where they may and see what happens. And I just thought this was a particularly interesting little observation, especially for kids who are in transition from kidhood to teenagerhood and yeah what do you think and that that cheesiness is awkwardness and it means you're learning it means you're growing and if you're not if there's no cheesiness no uh friction uh no distress you're probably not growing you're probably in a room of people that you already know and and just um and just be in there and placid even maybe. Mm. Well, you know, we always like to talk about what you see in your practice is, I mean, is this feeling that, that I have that of course I layer on to my child, although, okay, I'll just stop. Yesterday we were doing, a, um, Nora and I were watching a bat mitzvah for one of her friends and it was on zoom. 
sadly for the girl, um, but it was beautiful. They did a great job. Sadly and- for the caterer too. That's like <laughs> So true. Oh, so true. So many businesses being hurt right now. Oh, no. (laughs) But we were in this Zoom, um, in this Zoom environment. And, you know, you can chat in Zoom, send send chat messages. And so they were doing a prayer for healing. And the rabbi said, if there's anyone um, that you want to, you know, mention as to send healing to, you know, put that in the chat. And so I started to lean forward to type something. And Nora was like, don't type. No, don't type anything. She was so worried about putting something in there, having it be wrong, having other people see. And I overrode her and typed in um, our nation because I want to send healing to our nation at this time. And but it's that feeling of like not wanting to mess up, not wanting to put yourself out there. And is that something that you see in your patients in the? Absolutely. That's something I see in myself. I mean, we um, connection being included uh, is so important. Uh, So I, I like that she was saying, don't type, you know, because you can ruin my reputation, mom. And this is one of the most important things to me is that my friends think that I'm cool and worthy of inclusion. Now, I'm glad, too, that you modeled that that that, you know, your typing uh, was important to you and that you didn't want to be out of integrity with yourself. And, you know, so that's as, as important. And she got to see that and also feel her distress. And but, but all, all of it is important. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you, you know, when you have people that you work with who, who I mean, this comparison thing, I think, is always there, right? Like, Am I doing it right? Am I doing it the way other people are right. doing it? Right. And I mean, is is it something that you can get over? And what what do you what do you see? I mean, the closer you are sitting to the king, and and the king likes you, the the less comparison you are doing. But that's you know you you look to others to see where you land. And if you're doing anything too far out of the norm and you're trying to be included, if your agenda is to be included, I mean, those comparisons are a good thing to do. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's innate. We don't want to be pushed to the margins where the predators lie. Yeah. How am I doing? Yeah. I mean, I think too about, um, going back to elementary school with Nora, that she was in the talent show a couple of years um, doing different things. And there were always those one or two kids who really just, they went all the way with their performance. You know, mm-hmm. there's, and there's this one kid who came out and and sang my way with his, you know, fedora like Frank Sinatra and, mm-hmm. and he just belted it out. And, and I remember telling Nora at that time, I said, 
you know, like if you give it your full heart, like people are on your side and we may have talked about this in previous episodes, but it's kind of gets to that cheesy thing. It can feel cheesy to really go all out and put your whole self out there. But then think of that, that freedom, that kind of like anything is possible after you're able to do that, right? The possibility. Mom, 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 there's no freedom in not getting invited to Claire's party, okay? And if I'm doing some weirdo singing Kermit to frogs, you know, songs about rainbows, uh, I just, you know, I might not get invited to Claire's party, okay? And that's really important too. Okay, you always bring me back to the to the unknown. Yeah, I'm still wanting her to be the the quirky kid who just does everything. <laughs> and I am the last person to want anybody to be the quirky kid that does everything because it just that's the kid that doesn't feel like they belong a lot of times. You know, it's yeah. uh, the kid that. I mean, that doesn't get invited. But that's also the kid that puts something weird on TikTok and Universal Studios that's goes right. and flies Little Nas X <laughs> getting his old town road. Right, right. But but you know, I, I do I do think that um yeah, I yeah, I think parents aren't on the same page as kids. You know, it's it's important not to trust adults judgment i remember and i know this is a little crude but like there was a uh 19 year old one time and he was saying how he was um struggling with um you know lasting a long time long enough with the girl and i was like oh man you're 19 you don't have to worry about that you're like you can do that like six more times in a night. And he's just, I kind of think it's a fucking problem, okay? And I was like, oh, oh, okay. I was like, I just realized why you don't trust anybody over 40. Because people over 40 forget that at 19, all you can do is like, you know, burn, uh, make mixtapes and and make out <laughs> you know <laughs> that's those are like really really important things and yeah. i was discounting it so <laughs> i think that parents just need to check themselves that what we think is cute uh and what they think is cool is i mean night and day a lot of times and right. yeah it, your kids need to be trying to figure out how to make friends without falling out of integrity with themselves without compromising too much of themselves you know if your kid is struggling with being the I think a hard thing would be is like if your daughter said hey there is a uh, transgendered uh, student in my class and nobody talks to this person and um, and I'm catching flack for like inviting her to lunch with us you know i think um a lot of kids would not talk to that person mm. uh so that they could uh stay good with the group right you know, that that's a hard place like when you talk to your kids about things like that well i mean well let's talk let's think about this you know the reality check of how what 
cheesy means to a kid versus means to adult. Like, so what's a way that a kid could, could take something from this without the cheese, there is no freedom. Like, how could we make that kid friendly so we're not pushing them or thinking that they have to like be in that place where they're not fitting in, but still get the freedom aspect that we know is good for them? Probably put a time frame on it. <laughs> what do you mean by that? It's going to feel cheesy for about three minutes. Look at your clock and there you go. You're going to feel weird. I'm going to drop you off at this party at, and you're going to go in and I know you're going to feel weird uh, because you always do. And I want you to look at your clock for five minutes and see if you feel as weird as you did when you first walked in. If you don't, then just keep moving forward. Keep introducing yourself to people and the such and the such. But, you know, uh, it's probably thinking it's going to feel cheesy forever is the biggest problem. Right. Right. Yeah. There's just, it's a, it's not an on or an off switch or a hundred percent or zero, a right. one or zero. It's there's, areas shades of feeling like right. you're being cheesy right yeah. right so um you know that that's one way to look at it i mean what have you thought like what have you seen work with your daughter well we're definitely in uh i nothing i say matters <laughs> or or makes sense kind of mode right now um mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm being very judicious about what I try to impart right now because it's, uh, it's in a very much, she needs to be driving the bus right now. And um, I'm just letting her do that. And I don't know what that's about. I think it's normal, you know, development right. for a 13-year-old. Oh, yeah. I think it's normal development. I think it's also what we see on TV. And we've been, some people have been indoctrinated to not think that their, uh, you know, parents are cool. And I, I think that, you know, probably to me, you know, that's probably, I don't know. I, I, I know a lot of, okay, I have to bring it down to race. Black parents, man, you want to hear what your mom has to say. My mom would tell me what to say, and I would go verbatim. And you Even know, at 13? Even at 13. I remember one time one of our classmates asking, well, I guess I didn't know you because we didn't go to junior high together. <laughs> and isn't that funny? They, junior high, before yeah. high, <laughs> baby high. Baby um, high. So I was in baby high with one of my friends, and he was like, is your mom telling you to say this? Where are you getting it? <laughs> you know, he could tell that, like, this sounded really grown up. Oh. But, um, yeah, I think that, like, to put yourself in a role where your kids think of you as a buffoon is something that, you know, um, is part of socialization. And, um, of, I mean, society does that. It, it, you know, it, it's not something that they start off with. 
if you're a cool parent, you know, um, you probably shouldn't let them think that you're not cool. But at the same time, you know, the cool, it, if I come from a cool parent, then I can feel like a cool person. Hmm. And I, I can go forward and build my community without just, uh, with, with a lot more confidence. Well, I do think there's, you know, her, her, her attitude right now, which is fine, but it's just, I, I'm definitely like, uh, like I said, not, not want, she's not wanting input from me, but I think a lot of that too is the pandemic and feeling like she has so little control over anything in her life right now. Like, high school we're looking at high schools but it all even seems like are we even going to high school like everything just feels out of her control and i think pushing me away with my advice or ideas is just one more way for her to feel like i'm not giving more of my control to you in the middle of this whole thing that that I like that, and also I don't have anybody else around to rag on. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I don't have my peers around, so like, uh, you're gonna catch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can handle it. Yeah, but but still, do consider that a lot of times we we push in children into thinking that we're not cool. Uh, that. Um, and well i mean i know a lot of parents that become caricatures that really aren't cool and they're being the way they think they're supposed to be as a parent and instead of being real they're playing this role and that that you know kids can read through that they see through that and they you know they they don't want advice from a caricature well what do you, what do you mean by a caricature what's an an example of that well the the dad that acts you know that says a lot of platitudes and just um you know i asked this kid one time um why what what did i need to do to continue to uh have young black people trust me and he said um or want to talk to me. And he's like, don't talk about church so much. Because uh, so grown-ups, you know, 50-year-old black men talk about church in the South. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, so your 19 or your 14-year-old son is just like, oh, man, you know, that just, I don't, is that what you really feel? Or is, or I, right. I just didn't. Are you being real? Right, right. And so that's what I mean. Like, it's the right thing to say, you know, just uh, the right thing to say. And, but it's not necessarily the real thing to say or speaking from one's heart. Well, and also don't, you know, I think parents also get in, in roles, like kind of Mm -hmm. the dad, Mm does this kind of thing and the mom does this kind of thing and it can get right. kind of solidified and fossilized. Like the mom may not feel comfortable, even if she would want to be helping right. the kid with something 
that's mm-hmm. the dad's thing. Right, right. And they can tell, I think they can tell by when the inflection changes in your voice, you know, when you start speaking to them really loudly instead Mm -hmm. of not hollering at them. But we said we're going to go when, you know, if you're in the grocery store and you could hear the, you know, just they can just tell like, wow, her voice changed or his voice changed. This isn't real shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I mean, I think this, I don't know why this, I mean, like I said, this book that this, the story came from is so beautiful. And, um, I love this book. I love what she's saying about belonging. I've never, I mean, there's just no better hookup than a sense of belonging, you know, to give you that, serotonin surge to make you just feel so full of yourself and so good and included and which might make you take some more risk or be creative and i i you know i and i've never met a kid who was terribly unhappy um or i mean every kid if they've got friends, if they feel special among some of their friends, or if they're popular, um, man, they feel good. You know, yeah. you've got your your kids all right. Uh, if they've got three friends or the whole school, um, the people that struggle most, I think, are the ones that just don't feel like they belong, and um, or because you know feeling like you belong and and actually belonging are two different things. I mean, you know, you uh, there are a lot of kids that look like they belong, but they don't feel it because they have not followed, found their true water of belonging. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking about that while you're talking about this, you know, this tying the, the, the bigger theme of the book to this tiny little piece, but like, wouldn't you say too that that when you feel like you belong, it, it kind of lets you be cheesy, right? Like you, because if you feel solid in your relationships and in your tribe, you it. So in other words, so it's not like without the cheese there is no freedom. Without the mm-hmm. freedom, there is no cheese either. Yes, yes, yes. Which and that's why I said the closer you sit to the king's table the less of this comparing and cheesy questioning you're going to do because you are, you know, among your cousins and your cousins can never quit you. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. When, and I've seen pictures and video of your family reunions. So I, <laughs> I know that there is a lot going on, a lot of cheese <laughs> happening at your family reunions, dancing and cutting. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying, too, that like when you've got friends at school that feel like cousins that can't quit you, y'all mm-hmm. are stuck together, you're related, that feels really good, too. It feels so good, yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, Tara Brock and... One of the best quotes I ever heard her say, and I don't, she didn't, it wasn't hers, but, you know, uh, the one 
the boy who does not feel like he belongs to the village or feels like a part of the village will burn it down to feel some warmth. And this is why it's so important that your kid, you know, has a strong sense of belonging because that Columbine will go down. You know what I mean? Suicide will happen. And forcing your kid to attend a school that, uh, that just is not their jam is one of the worst things that I've seen. I've seen people send their kid to the school that they graduated from, especially if it's a private school mm-hmm. and they're just really not feeling it. Um, you know, uh, and you force them to go there and they languish there and it's awful for them. And that gets stuck. You know, this feeling when you're an adolescent, and you're, you're, you know, you're building habits, habits of mind, as well as, you know, physical behavioral habits. And the myelination is occurring and, you know, at a twice the weight that it would in previous years. And so you just really become who you are going to be during those yeah. years. And if you start feeling less than, get good at feeling less than at 16, be feeling less than at 40, you know, and you really have to, you know, be careful with that. So don't make your kids help them find the water of their belonging. Um, You know, if, if, even if it's not your water of belonging. Yeah. That, well, that's great advice, a great place to end on. And it actually gets us back to why we started this podcast anyway, which is, it, for that exact reason is those those things that happen to you in your youth, they get their grooves, you know, you get yes. and you get stuck in those grooves. And it is so hard, so much easier to to not, you know, dig the groove than by learning these things that we're teaching now or kind of sharing now, I should say than to learn how to get out of that groove later on. Oh gosh. Once it's once it's laid, you can't unlearn what you have learned. Mm-hmm. You have to learn something to compete with it. That's right. And that is hard work as as you know. That's why you have a job because people need help <laughs> with that. <laughs> I know. It's like please help me uh you know uh intervene for me because I can't, you know, do it for myself right now and just help me get out of that loop and remind me that my, one of the things that I was grateful for this week was I get to remind people who they are, you Mm. know, for a living. And it's so, that's beautiful, you know, to hear, to see somebody languishing at 64 and we go back and talk about what they were like at 16 and how badass they were and the <laughs> such and and just like and resurrect that and uh and and just pop that you know get them out of that trance that they're in and yeah. uh back on the business you know back on the being them themselves oh that's great oh well, it is it really feels good well they're lucky to have you i'm lucky to have you as a friend and um I would not have what I have 
without you, Laura. And you oh. Know that. <laughs> oh, Jerome. Well, oh. it was so fun talking <laughs> about this book and this, this piece of advice with you. And um, I look forward to our next chat in a couple of weeks. Yes, I'm looking forward to that one too. All Our right. next chat is a book that really, like, really, really resonated with me. And back, I think it was written back in 2006 or so. Yeah. And uh, I remember reading that and I don't tear into big books that that quickly. And I love that book. Oh, good, good. <laughs> so, we'll have a fun conversation about stay that. Stay on edge, everybody. <laughs> All right. Love you, Jerome. Love you too. Be peace. Be Bye. Love. Bye.